What's up? Another episode of Ripple Fact Podcast. I'm your host, Ricardo Vance, also known as Ricky Vance, and a great episode for you today. The Grimerica guys are here. They've been doing this for a long time. They've been doing it longer than I have, and their show is very similar to mine. Actually, my show is very similar to theirs because they've been doing it longer than I have. And casual conversation, we've had a lot of the same guests like Dan Carlin and Thaddeus Russell and Charlie Robinson. So very similar to my show in regards to the format, you know, a casual conversation, you kind of go anywhere the conversation takes you. And I think we're also intrigued in a lot of the same topics. So if you like this show, definitely check out that show. In the show description, I always put links to my guests' websites and their social media accounts, all that stuff. I also put links to all my social media accounts if you guys want to connect with me. Also, my Patreon page if you want to support the show financially. And if you can, I'll let you know in advance, exclusively just for my Patreon supporters, who's going to be on, who I'm collaborating with, who I'm booking pretty far in advance sometimes. So it's a little perk, kind of get some behind the scenes information in regards to who's going to be on the show and what I'm, what I'm up to. And most of the time, listeners don't know who's going to be on the show until it's finally released. So it's a fun little perk for uh, financially supporting the show. But if you can't financially support the show, help us fight a little bit of censorship by sharing the show, tweeting, reviewing, posting it wherever you can. If you find these conversations interesting or worth spreading, then please do those things. It definitely goes a long way. There's algorithms and shadow banning that's suppressing a lot of information and different types of conversations. So anything you can do to help, I think, uh, is very much appreciated. And I think that's it. Oh, I was on a podcast called the Truthzilla podcast recently. Definitely check that out on my YouTube channel, RV36, or just look up the Ripple Effect podcast on YouTube. You'll find a playlist called Ricky's Interviews, and you'll find the interview in there. I was also recently on Charlie Robinson's podcast called Macroaggressions. And if the episode's not out yet, when this show comes out, it'll be out very soon. So uh, look out for that. Also, shirts. Hopefully very soon I'll have the shirts released. I'm not sure how I'm going to sell them or where I'm going to post them or how I'm going to have you guys pay for them. But I'll figure that out once they're available. But it'll be very soon. So keep a lookout for that. Make sure you connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Parlay, all the social media accounts. So that way, once the shirts are available, you'll be one of the first ones to uh, to be able to purchase them because they're a limited supply at first. I didn't order a whole bunch of them because I didn't know how fast they're going to sell and it becomes a huge investment. So there's a, quite a few, but it'll, it'll be cool to, to have another way of supporting the show. Also, I think it'll be cool to run in somebody who's also wearing a shirt of a podcast you like and you know that you probably have uh, some things in common and probably some things that you could talk about, some uh, interesting things. So uh, that's it for now. Enjoy the show, guys, and I will see you on the next one. Peace. What's up, boys? Hey, Ricky. Hey, Ricky. What's up? This is it. We're good. I think you guys uh, hear me good? Yep, you bet. Can yeah. you hear us okay? Yeah, I hear you guys good. Yeah, right on. Thanks a lot for being with me, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime. It's, uh, it's funny because we've had so many of the same guests throughout the years. Yeah. And I know you guys started, you guys are OGs. You started a little bit before I did. Because you guys have been doing this for what, like seven years? 
Right? Eight yeah, years? over seven, seven in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started, I think, probably a year or year and a half after you guys, uh, around six years. Uh, but yeah, we've had like you know Dan Carlin, Danielli Bignelli, Thaddeus Russell, a lot of the the same Charlie Robinson. But he's been on everybody's podcast, so he doesn't count. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we've had a lot of the same guests. For people who are listening who might not be uh, familiar with your show, I'm sure most people are by now. But uh, can you give a little background about like how, how you guys got you know came up with this idea of starting a, a show and and some of the history behind it. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I was a podcast fan since back in like 2007. I mean, I was listening to podcasts. And even back then, there was, it was free. Like you could find whatever you wanted to. People were talking about everything and it was for free. This is probably, I think, 2007, 2008. Um, and I, I just went through the whole skeptical route, the scientific route, and then got into the paranormal and UFOs and stuff where my heart sort of belonged. And then when I met Darren... I was uh, listening to the mysterious universe a lot and I, I, we sort of, we met at work and um, I passed him along these crazy podcasts. And then we went to a couple conferences and we we're like, man, we should talk to, we could talk to all these people, like all the people at the conferences and uh, we should start having conversations with these people. We could do a podcast. And then uh, it just started from there. Darren already had like a Twitter account and Grimerica was already kind of a thing. So we just, we just kept that, kept that name going. And then we just want to have interesting conversations with people. Actually, we're going to start it kind of like almost like an OBDM style, really, even though we didn't know them. But we were going to do news sort of story coverage, pick a couple topics or whatever. But then we decided to get into the interview style, which I'm glad we did because, you know, I just even I find it stressful even coming on somebody else's show like this. Not stressful in a really deep way, but, you know, I like to be chatting with the experts because I don't really know. I mean, I've heard you say the same thing. It's amazing listening to all these Shows we're connected with, kind of the same feeling, you know. I'm just scratching the surface on all these different things, and yeah. not really able to go too deep on anything. But at least we can hold conversations about a bunch of different things. Well, I think yeah. you guys have said it. Where like being an expert on one thing probably restricts you a lot. You know, like it's not like we we like to pretend like oh you're an expert in this thing, so we should listen to this person. But a lot of times, like we don't take in consideration, that means that they don't know jack shit about a lot of other stuff because that one topic has consumed their lives. And, uh, you know, it, it just, it, it, you see it all the time now with doctors talking about, oh, you know, we, this virus is the biggest thing ever. And then people who are experts in economies are like, well, we're going to have all these other negative effects because of this and that, you know? So uh, I think the casual conversation with people who, are really intrigued and curious about a bunch of different things. To me, that's that's what I love. In, I love listening to. You know, that's one of the things I love about your podcast. It's very similar to my style, where it, it's it's laid back. It just sounds like you guys are just hanging out and talking. And I think that's one of the the reasons why uh, people like your show. I mean, even the intros. It's just it's just sounds like I'm over. You know, I'm, I'm overhearing a personal conversation between you guys. So I, I think people like that. Yeah, man, there's no script or there's no, it's just honest conversation, you know, there's no plan. There's like a real rough plan about some things we might talk about and that's about it. I'm just looking at the intro board there in the forum. Join the forum is still written on there. We haven't had a forum for like a year. What's the forum? Remember we had forums on the website for a while? Did we? Did we? Like oh, yeah. Post yeah. Stuff, but yeah. Then Discord took everything over. Now Discord's going to kick us all out. It's weird to be called an OG anything. I mean, geez, when we were starting the show, we were contemplating. I mean, we thought it was too late then. That was probably the biggest 
hurdle was that, you know, is it too late to start a podcast? There's already, you know, is anyone going to listen? There's already so many shows out there. So, I mean, at that time, guys like Ben Grundy and Micah Hanks and Adam Curry, those guys had already been doing it for six or seven years already. And we were, I mean, we've been pleasantly surprised with the reception. And now I would even tell people that are thinking about starting a podcast now that the timing's really never been better. I still think it's, we're only at like 25% saturation, maybe. And that's in North America. I mean, a lot of the world still can't. That's in the West. We're at 25% saturation, and the rest of the world is probably 10 or less. Yeah, well, that's it's funny you say that because I remember when Charlie started his own podcast, and we uh, the next time we got together and he was announcing it, and he's like, well, kind of like making fun of himself. He's like, because that's what the world needs is another podcast. And I'm like, Charlie, that's the wrong uh, kind of perspective to have. I'm like, we can never have enough people doing these type of things like actually having honest discussions about honest topics and and curious about so many different uh aspects of life and 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 history and all this stuff i mean we need more of this because you never know which show they might run into they might run into your show my show charlie's show and it might plant that seed and get them down some rabbit holes and i i so i think the more the merrier you know and the one thing i love about the podcast community is how helpful everybody is nobody ever feels like they're competing with one another uh, which I, I think is awesome. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's some shitheads out there. I just haven't met them yet. But, uh, yeah. you know, but uh, for the most part, YouTubers definitely seem to be much harder on one another than podcasters. And uh, similar to you guys, uh, you know, I don't really spend too much time on YouTube. I don't, I think these long form conversations are, most people enjoy them while they're commuting or doing some chores or whatnot. Uh, so on YouTube, you know, I don't really focus too much attention on marketing on YouTube or getting attention on YouTube, but uh, people on YouTube are definitely much meaner. <laughs> For the most part, I, I've uh, I've been, you know, pretty happy with the feedback throughout the years. Everybody's been super nice, even with other guests. Uh, like, you know, like I said, you guys had Dan Carlin on uh, some years ago, and I remember hearing him when I was contemplating starting a podcast saying, start a podcast. You'll be surprised who comes on your show. He was being interviewed and he said this and I'm like, yeah, maybe he's right. You know? And, uh, and then that he came on and, a you know, Daniele Bignelli was one of my first guests. Jason Burmis was one of my first guests. And it was just, I was kind of surprised that people were willing to come on. Did you guys kind of get the same type of thing when you started having guests that you were kind of surprised like, Oh shit, these people are actually willing to come on and, and, and just kind of shoot the shit. Yeah, we've been, Surprise for sure. I mean, we've only had a couple people really say no over the years. And I think even now... Like once you get a hold of, like people that you actually connect with and yeah. ask the question. Like, even now, some of the people that said no, I think were probably, it was more because of a what's, you know, podcasts weren't really super ubiquitous and we were trying to get in touch with them either. So now that they've kind of saturated a bit more, people are much, you know, People think podcasts and they hear Joe Rogan, you know, being the biggest name in media. And all of a sudden podcasts have this new shine to them. Well, think about it. Obama was on a podcast like that's the when he was leaving office, when he went on the Mark Marin podcast. I mean, I'm sure you guys had the same type of reaction I, I was getting from friends and, and family when I thought about starting a podcast. A lot of people didn't even know what the fuck it was. And yeah. I, I was like, you guys, I'm like, I think it's like. I'm late to the party because, like you said, like the No Agenda show, 
some of these other shows that uh, I was a fan of have been around for a while. And, and I'm just like, wait, like, I feel like I'm late and you don't even know what the fuck a podcast is. And that kind of gave me like reassurance that like, okay, maybe it's not too late to jump in this. And I also felt like there was just th- the same reasons I love podcasts. I felt like as it got bigger and more people got exposed to them, people were going to fall, uh, fall in love with podcasts for the same reasons. And that's the fact that it actually sounds like honest discussions. And when you get the newspaper, when you watch you know, TV or whatever, you always feel like somebody's trying to s- sell you something yep. or they have an agenda that they're pushing. But when I listen to podcasts like you know your show, I, it just sounds like people talking. And to me, that was so refreshing to, to finally get something that was thought-provoking and I didn't feel like I was being pushed in one direction or another. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's... it's still going to grow more. I agree with you guys. I think that, you know, it, it barely is at its peak and, and shows like Joe Rogan. I mean, it, it was, it, it showed how much people really appreciate long form conversations and how much you shouldn't listen to your critics either. Cause how, how many times did you hear Joe Rogan say uh, that people told him like, Oh, nobody's ever going to listen to a three hour show and nobody's ever, you know, and all this stuff. And he's just like, fuck it. You know, I'm doing it my way and people really enjoy it. Yeah. The other the other aspect of it that I that I was fascinated by early on, so is is guys like Ben and Aaron at Mysterious Universe or Dan Carlin or Alex Sakaris from Skeptical. These guys have been doing it for so long. You could email them and actually contact people. Whereas the mainstream, you never had any access. They were up here in this little, you know, tower, and they just told you the way you were supposed to think. And there was no questioning it. There was no communication back and forth. You, you know, you had to go through. I don't even think you could go through channels to access them. There was no access for us. But having guys like Dan Carlin reply or you could get into a short conversation with these people and, you know, maybe they read your stuff on the air or they, there's a there's a there's a uh, <clears throat> a cooperative back and forth or there's some there's some dynamic there back and forth. And that's kind of I guess that's probably one of the reasons why we got listeners involved in, in the intro and started to read emails and stuff and try and try and not intentionally build a community, but just, just get like, there's people that want to tell stories, right? We started with the paranormal stuff and exchange experiences and UFOs and all that stuff. And it's very, very similar to, to that guy that mentioned it on the last time we were on the union of the unwanted. Right. And then of course that bleeds into the war on consciousness and all this other stuff. And then of course, other conspiracies kind of seep in and then you're into, you know, all the contemporary stuff that we you kind of have to talk about now because of the censorship and all the all the shit that's going on, but people have been involved the whole way, which is great. Well, I think that's the funny thing about the the real like fringe stuff, like you said, UFOs, uh, you know, whatever it may be. The even the darkest, most craziest conspiracy theories have some truth to them, and when you go down those rabbit holes, you find out like holy shit, like. You know, you look into the Roswell story, you look into Bob Lazar, you look into like all these things and you're like, holy shit, there's actually some truth here. And that's what keeps these things alive and also keeps it fascinating because there's always that like that little bit of doubt of like maybe there is something there, you know. And to me, what boggles my mind is how many conspiracy theories ended up being true like that we know now and, and yet people will still be super skeptical when you when the next conspiracy theory comes around, we're like, hey, you know, this is a lie, or that person's a child molester, or whatever, and they're like, oh, you're fucking crazy, you're a conspiracy theorist, or or you you talk about vaccines. I mean, you guys hosted that uh that great um, debate with uh, Del Bigtree, uh, a guest who's you know been on my show, and I think you guys 
you guys had issues with uh, that show and yep. other and other times he's yep. been on, right? Because I I had issues yep. with uh, with that show. The first time he was on, didn't have any issues. This last time he was on during the like the height of the the lockdown, uh, iTunes wouldn't play the episode, and then it, it immediately reminded me of you guys because I think I remember hearing you guys talk about having some issues with downloads and stuff like that, right? Yeah, we were shadow banned uh, in the U.S. iTunes U.S. after that episode with Dell. Yeah, after the original episode with Dell, I think. I remember, like, I don't know when when it was, but like somewhere in 2017, we were already getting like, you know, 150, 180 thousand downloads a month. Wow! And like in like two months, it throttled back like 75 percent. And we've been sort of clawing our way back ever since. I don't know if it was a drop. Yeah, but no, that was no, 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 no. That was the they changed tracking. the parameters of the stats. I think they. It was when that. Uh, I mean, I think the No Agenda guys were talking about it too, and they were changing the way a download is counted. That would happen. Yeah, I think so. Whether it was, I, I think it was even coming from iTunes. It wasn't just our tracker, like the Libsyn who we go through, but it was the way all of them were being tracked. Something about ad revenue. It was that it was that push to make things a little bit more, you know, um, accurate. I think universal, universal. Yeah, yeah. I I think I do remember that discussion. How they were changing the way they uh, they were counting subscribers. I think they completely got rid of like that. They're like, oh, there's no way of really knowing how many subscribers and and downloads and all that stuff. It, it's funny because when you first start a show, and I remember talking to Charlie about this, I'm like you'll drive yourself fucking crazy, like looking at statistics and trying to figure out like, what's my, and then after a while you're like, I don't care. Let me just do what I enjoy. And, and, and just, you know, and, and really that's kind of what you have to focus on is just like your art and what you enjoy doing and and the listeners and everything else will come in time. Yep. Yep. Enjoy the conversations. We were just reflecting on, uh, who were we talking to about the child trafficking way back? And it was only four or Karen. five years ago. Karen, Karen Hudez, maybe. Hudez. And it, it seemed so crazy to us, you know, like this conspiracy about, was it about child trafficking? I think so, right? Child trafficking was definitely in there, pedophilia. And it just seemed like we were stuff. like, oh, my God, we're talking about this crazy topic. And now it's just, it's just uh, all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I remember, yeah, yeah, I, remember away from it. I remember being like aghast. That was October 14th, 2013. Oh, wow. It was way back then. Holy. It was seven yeah. years okay. ago. So that was like at the wow. beginning of the first year. That was the first year then. Yeah, we were, we tiptoed around all that stuff uh, in the show notes. It's, back then, we were scared of stuff. I remember like I was saying the other day, I remember the first time I called NATO the North American Terrorist Organization. <laughs> On the air, Graham was just like, oh, my God. And now it's like some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is just like, if there, seven years ago, Graham would have heard him talking about Pizzagate and say stuff on the air, you know, it's just, it's crazy how many layers you can peel off in a decade. Yeah, I think you get more comfortable, too, you know, talking about it on air. I, I remember initially, same thing with me, where it's like, you know, I had Dr. Brzezinski on, or we talk about vaccines or alternative research. I didn't, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, I'm just putting this out there on the internet. I'm like, what if I get in trouble? You know, what if I get sued? I'm like, what, if, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I, I had like, but I, I'm like, you know, but the whole point of this show is to talk about these controversial topics. So you don't want to self-censor either, because then you, you know, you're not really helping get this information out there. So that's, uh, that's hard. But Obviously, you guys are very open-minded, and you've had a lot of you know great guests on, and so many different topics. 
and we live in a fucking crazy world right now. What's uh kind of your take on what the hell is going on? Because there's a, everybody's coming to me because I think it, because I have a podcast. A lot of my personal friends are like, "Hey, Rick, what what the hell is going on?" And there's one thing I find trying to put it in words and explaining it is that I also have very little understanding of of you know what's going on because there's so many stories every day. So you have like kind of a grasp of things, but it's really become really hard to keep up with shit. And um, like, do you guys have a, have you guys discussed, you know, with one another, like what's going on and if, you, if there is an end game, is there something that seems to be clear to you guys? I don't know what's going on for sure, but I know one thing for sure. I'm a lot more scared of the government than I am of COVID-19. We were walking in a shopper's drug mart today after work, after I picked up the kids and Madison, we were going in and something happened to her with COVID and she's like, coronavirus is fake. <laughs> like, oh boy. The next generation. How old is she? She's going to be nine right yeah, away. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. My Teaching son, her well. My, my son's the same way. He repeats everything I say and I've been uh, very outspoken about the coronavirus and any chance I get and my wife will give me looks like just shut the fuck up and let's go. And then I'm just like, I find every opportunity because it's amazing how many people that are, have been tricked that you sit down, you have a discussion about the facts and they realize like yeah. their opinions based on zero facts. Cause there are no yeah. facts like tests yeah. that don't work. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you, and like every other day, there's like a new story that just helps kind of make your point. I mean, I just heard a story yeah. recently about, it was like 30 something fishermen that test uh, negative before going out to sea and then uh no it was 35 days that's that's what why i'm remembering that 30 number it was like all these fishermen on uh, went out to sea they all tested negative went out to sea for 30 something days came back and then they tested negative it's like how the fuck yeah. can that be you oh know? tested positive you mean De yes tested positive so yeah. It, yeah. And, and you and there's stories and stories of that of contaminated tests of tests giving false positives of uh you know people inflating numbers like every time i meet somebody and they still are believing this nonsense i just want to fucking shake yeah. them and be like what is your opinion based on like what do you yeah what, and, and the worst part like when you have kids like this idea of like having kids wear masks at school gets me so fucking mad and and the thing is there was a petition going around in massachusetts where like all these people were signing it it was it was being shared like crazy on on social media and I'm like, oh crap! Like this shit's really picking up steam. And then all of a sudden, just pulled off change.org. Like the the petition. Yes, that's something similar happened in our area. There, I'm, I don't have kids, but so I'm not directly involved. But I heard there was a vote. I don't know if it was a poll or a vote or a referendum. Eighty-six percent of the parents wanted things to be back to normal for their kids in the fall. And then I think that was a province-wide thing, was it? But our yeah, mayor overrid it for Calgary. So he, these Calgary's guys, mayor, you know. Not our mayor. What? Oh right. Well, we're just outside of Calgary, but the 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 big city next to us. They got the beach all fenced off. Or did you drive by the beach? Yeah, they don't want Cal. Yeah, it's they got crazy. the beach fully fenced off with guards, and they're counting how many people go in and out. When I went yeah. by, there was there's like kids lined up with their fucking swim gear, standing in line on the sidewalk. It's fucking criminal. I hope those guys at my man in the gate feel like fucking scumbags. I don't care if that's your job. You're a fucking scumbag, and you're doing scumbag shit. Well, it's to keep the big city people out now. They don't want to come out no, to the beach. No, they're not checking ID. They're just saying this that many, many people yeah, that why? 600 people Matt. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So yeah. So getting back to your question, I mean, it, it's, it's, um, 
there's definitely something going on. I mean, it's it's hard for me because I, I listen to your Douglas Valentine episode, and it really makes me try and think about not getting stuck in these dogmatic traps. You know, like I, but we, it's so hard not to get pushed to one side when you just don't believe the mainstream. I mean, in deconstructing the mainstream media for years, and you can see through all the lies, and that doesn't mean you know the truth. Like I've been saying lately, just because you can point out these hypocrisies and these lies doesn't mean I have the answer. It means that that's not the answer. Exactly. So I'm trying to walk that fine line between like, hey, that's wrong. That's not right. But I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it looks right over here. We can look at these studies over here or these doctors over here that are getting censored. I mean, it makes how can there not be a deeper agenda when there's that much hypocrisy and censorship? And like you were mentioning about the uh, the tests. I mean, it says it right on the CDC website. I mean, the PCR test, it says it can be all these other things. It's right there for everybody to see. And what's happening? Nobody's even, how is that the basis, the foundation of this this pandemic is based on a fucked up test? It's well, unbelievable. And, and, that's a, and such then, a good point then, right there. Because, because the fact that it's all based on bullshit, like if the tests aren't accurate, then everything else just goes out the, the fucking whole, window. Exactly, Nothing else exactly. matters. Like when yeah. people argue, well, just wear a mask. So, I'm like, you're still pretending the tests are accurate. You're still pretending exactly. that this is a huge fucking deal. I'm like, deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm with you. That's I'm, why I don't want. That's why I don't want to wear the mask. So I understand that it stops sneezes and coughs and these big droplets, and you know, it might help in that way. But I mean, who's? I'm, I don't go to the store getting expected to get sneezed on and stuff like that. I mean, people got to just be respectful. But I don't go to the store anymore. It's, it's because it's because I'm of on. exactly <laughs> what you said. I was just thinking that, like, I've been listening to you and all these other podcasts, and and it, we, it's amazing. Not in a dogmatic way, but how our thoughts are very, very similar about these things. Like, it's the overarching, if that's wrong, then how can anything else be right down there? You know, it's, 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 it's really interesting. And then uh, I thought that we were doing a whole bunch of different types of tests. I thought we were doing, Canada was doing different tests from the States, maybe. That PCR test was found out a long time ago, back in February and March, that it wasn't, there was all these uh, studies and, and people talking about false positives. So I thought, okay, well... Obviously, we're moving on to different types of testing. And I look at our, our Canada and Alberta health, and we're still using PCR testing. It's it, So we're still, so that makes you wonder, well, obviously, they're not trying to, they're not, they don't want it to be any more accurate. And to me, because if it can show respiratory illness or pneumonia or the common cold and everybody's wearing a mask and creating more respiratory illness, maybe that's just what's happening. People are getting... They're, you know, and then the pool testing, throw that out there. Then they're testing all these potential cases as, and they're reporting them as real cases. I mean, so. Well, I, yeah, in Massachusetts, they they were stating the, t uh, the positive cases and they're calling, I think that's the term they use, like potential or like these are the total confirmed and potential cases. And I'm like, wait, 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 why is that all grouped together? And if it's all, there's only for one reason to make that yeah. number large and keep scaring yeah. people. You know, yep, exactly. They're, how could it be anything but that? Yeah, I, they're, they're they're not reporting on how many people are recovering, how many people are fine. I mean, the crazy thing is like Dr. Burks, Dr. Fauci, you can hear even if you're on that side where you believe this is a huge thing, you can hear interviews where they say 99 percent of people are going to be fucking fine. So it's like, yep. what is your evidence based on? And the long term effects of all this, it's like we're not even close to understanding what the long term effects could be, you know suicide rates, domestics, alcoholism, uh, you know, there are just so many businesses. I mean, 
Yeah, so you get a little stimulus check. That's great. But once that money runs out, you're not going to have a fucking job to go back to. And, you know, so, and, and then, you know, the kids, I mean, kids who can't even, you, it was public shaming if you got together with other kids. You know, I, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, these kids are being tortured. They And they're not even at fucking risk. And guess what? When the flu season's at its peak, that's when they're at risk, right? Like, the flu kills young kids. And yet, we never tested uh, teachers. We never told them to wear masks. We never checked their temperature but yet we know the flu actually puts kids at risk and that's okay and all of a sudden for for i mean no offense towards old people but they're the ones who are mostly at risk and they're not the ones going to fucking baseball games and football games and soccer games and concerts and all these social gatherings that are supposedly so dangerous it's like the majority of uh, of the young people were still getting together with their friends anyways you're never going to stop young people from getting together with their friends that's what they were doing they were bored anyways so this whole thing is just it's it's so frustrating because there i i just you see these arguments and it's so obvious look at the censorship there was that press conference with uh yeah did you guys see that video yeah Yeah, all the doctors i was watching it last night with my girlfriend showing her hey here's another opinion look at this for all your friends and family who are scared shitless right now look at what they're saying there's a cure this and that and it got cut off right in the middle of our thing. They deleted the, the video. Right, I've never had one happen. I've never had it happen where I'm watching the video and it and it gets deleted. Right While you're watching it, 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 it yeah, was, yeah, weird. Should have downloaded it. Yeah, yeah. but they even. I mean, I, I heard. I think it was uh, on the No Agenda podcast, hearing people who had uh, on their Google Drive account had the pandemic documentary, and it was and or something else uh, yeah, along yeah, those lines, yeah. and it was being. It, it just disappeared. So, I mean, that's the thing. If they're going that far for censorship, what does that fucking tell you? Like that has it tells, to it tells you we live in a completely fucking fascist takeover because those are supposed to be private companies. Exactly. So I get back to the original question, what's going on? I mean, how do you not come to the conclusion that this is really a technocratic takeover of the world? I mean, this is it just the perfect timing to get Trump out or try and get Trump out. Uh, it's, it's going to be, you need to be vaccinated before you can do anything. It's going to be, and I've, I I keep feeling like I repeat this, but we're going to have to make a choice whether you want to be, get the jab or you go to the, go to the bush. You basically leave society or you belong. I feel like what is stopping them with all this blatant data corruption and the hypocrisy, how, what's, how can it not get to that point? I mean, they're going to vaccinate guns. they're going to yeah, vaccinate a whole whack of people they want to vaccinate everybody and then if you don't comply what's going to happen i mean are you going to be hunted down in the woods or are you just not going to be allowed to go to stores or go fly anywhere or do it like how it it seems like it's going to get to that, that point enough people that they'll just be a whole secondary economy if it comes to that i mean there's a half a billion guns in north america it's not going to be an easy task to make people get jabbed well a lot of people want it i mean a lot of people are for it i mean there's a lot it's but i mean there's more people against it now as well i mean i I think that it is falling their narrative is falling apart to a certain point i think it's gonna be funny when the side effect is all the sports teams going bankrupt and them losing all their tentacles of distraction i mean it's you can, I mean, regardless of what happens with any of this, and I don't pretend to know fucking anything about any of it because I tuned out a few months ago and I have zero interest in tuning back in. But Not I know a few months ago, maybe a couple months ago. Yeah, a couple, few, same thing. Um, if, you know, all these sports and movies and Hollywood and everything else are getting irreparably damaged, then that seems like a, a sunny side, bright side. 
Because when people don't have all that shit to distract themselves with, then they got to start, you know, doing other things. I I agree with that. I, I and I, I know that you know you guys have talked about it, and you know I agree with you that I I got COVID fatigue, but it just I keep thinking like okay, we're, it's kind of behind us a little bit. We're moving on to the next story. We don't have to talk about it anymore. And the next thing you know, yeah. we're talking about lockdowns again, and then we're talking about yeah. oh we're close to a new vaccine. It's like what the fuck? Can this story just go away? I'm like, can we move on to the Black Lives Matter and and just focus on that or the next story and whatever it may be? Because it, it is it's fatiguing, but you know, it's like one of those things about politics. It's like even if you don't pay attention to politics, politics pays attention to you. When once they get involved in your life and they start having restrictions on what you can or cannot do or or whatnot. So I, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have COVID fatigue, but it it, it is one of those things where it's like, how do I not talk about it? Because it, it's it's affecting my everyday life and it could continue to affect it even more. Well, it's. It is it's a double-edged sword, though, on a metaphysical level, because now all the people that are sick of the mainstream, I mean, you know, what's the difference between them turning on 90% of the alternative media right now or or the mainstream media? The only thing that's different are the talking points, but it's still fucking all COVID all day. So if you're sitting behind the COVID bench, you're like a, a winner. You're a big winner. I mean, it's almost the exact same thing as the Trump phenomenon where he had everybody talking about him. Everybody was talking about Trump. It didn't matter. You didn't escape the 2016 election. You were MSM, you were alternative. Everybody's talking about it. And what have we ended up with fucking four years later? Pop culture politics. And I would argue a world that's in a much, 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 much worse place. In the day-to-day, in the family home, in the workplace, in the friendship circles, in fucking every place. Because we allowed them to make politics pop culture. And now I fear that we're in danger of doing the same thing with COVID. Where we're, you know, six months away from having been talking about COVID for a year straight. Almost, you know, it's... Well, it's hard like when... say, it's hard to ignore. In this, this Saturday, August 1st, somehow in the middle of the summer... When things were fine in Alberta, we were fine. I mean, people are saying the cases are rising, and I don't know why they're rising. I don't believe that it's actually, like, a higher percentage. They don't really give you that exact data to tell you if it's more testing or not and whether they're doing pool testing because they're tracing it back to, like, you know, the fire and ice hookah bar and all kinds of crazy shit like that. So no wonder why people are getting scared because it seems like they know what the fuck they're, they're tracing it to. But it's happening. It's getting worse. If you, if we're we, being now like it's not think. like Alberta's been dying like crazy, and now they're in August first. We've got the mask ban coming are we in public places. I mean, it's unbelievable. Are we throwing out? Are we? Because we're all paranormal people here. I mean, we all come from a place to generate reality and all it's stuff a, like that. It's but an aggregate. It's an it's initiation. I mean, the world's talking about COVID, then you know we're fucking going to be stuck in a loop. It's an initiation into the new world order. But how do you do you not push back? I mean, that's the difficulty right now with where we're at. It's one of my personal difficulties. Yeah. Do you put what do you do with this voice? Like it's not a loud voice, but it's still under the radar from censorship for the most part. I would argue we should have shut the fuck up about Trump. But that's just my opinion. I mean, we didn't really get. We weren't we really got super. Yeah, we we had we. Well, just because you predicted it, I mean, you didn't have well, to predict we, it. We had shows about it, and we. If you go back and listen to those shows leading up to the election, we were telling people to vote for Donald Trump. And fucking in retrospect, <laughs> really? that's a fucking. I think it was really? a mistake. I conned a bunch of people into thinking politics mattered again, and fucking that's wasn't a good move on my behalf. That's, well. 
It does. Now I live and I'm stuck in this fucking pop culture politics world where my kids know about coronavirus politics and it might be fake and Donald Trump and you know that my kids shouldn't know about any of that shit. When I was fucking nine years old, I had no fucking idea who the president of the United States was. But we also didn't, didn't have the internet, and I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. But we but, had TV. Yeah. I'll but, tell you the one thing that Trump's doing, though. I mean, shit on the internet. People are people are realizing their vote might make a difference, though, because I'll tell you, for 20 years, I thought the votes didn't matter at all. But if you can get a guy like Trump in to disrupt the whole system, I mean, people now disrupt might think the system. that it's, people have been locked in their houses for six months and they're about to get fucking jabbed. Yeah, it's not Trump. That's not Trump's. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. <laughs> well, what do you think? <laughs> so you just you just like backed yourself into a corner because all this stuff's happening anyway, but that's not Trump. But your vote still matters. Because he's actually done stuff that oh, other politicians stop. don't do. That's why. Why Don't do you think stop. they want him out so bad? Right? He is disrupting the new world order. He Whether it's a plan or not, I don't know. Whether it's a plan or not, I don't know. On fucking election, he doesn't spend any money on ads. He's costing the media billions and billions and billions well, no, and billions. He's making, of he's making and not only that. Now. He's running them down and fucking going to Twitter and changing this whole thing where they're losing their foothold on everything. Trump's just their scapegoat for that. Yeah. But he's know. also just fucking another pawn in the puzzle of Maybe. taking over the fucking planet. Maybe. Yeah. The, the, and, the, and in 10 years, mark my words, in 10 or 15 years, those photos we're looking at now with the Bush and the Obama and the Clintons all together, Trump's going to be right in there with them, railing out against some other fucking asshole that's about to take over the place. Well, the, the Trump debate is interesting because... Uh, I sometimes side with both of you guys, you know, like sometimes I'm like, oh, he's actually doing something that's fighting back a little bit, you know, and then other times I'm like, holy fuck, like he's just like everybody else. And I mean, I'm I'm definitely with the idea that politics is illusion, this idea of, you know, what we see on TV really matters. And I mean, they have, we call them speech writers. They should be script writers. That's what we should call them because it, it is, it's just a, it's a script. I mean, they they literally analyze all the stuff and everything is well thought out. It's not, you know, it, they have, I mean, it's like a PR firm. I mean, working for you, just kind of telling you, what, you know, how to um, get people to think that you're for this or you're for that or you're, you're this type of person or that type of person. And yet people do fall for that, that whole thing. I mean, the only thing I will say about uh, Trump in regards to what he was saying during the debates and stuff that he was, he did like break down that third wall, right? He he kind of showed you behind the curtains a few times because he did go over because everybody else are in the debates, right? Like even when you saw Bernie and and Trump or Bernie and uh, Hillary, or you saw Obama and Hillary, and then Obama and who whoever, like when they were debating, they all pretend like this whole thing was real, you know, like oh yeah, this is a real debate, and we really believe in these issues and and whatnot. And then Trump came and he just kind of like threw a curveball. And he did say a lot of things, at least in the debates, and at least come, you know, before he was president, that a lot of us looked at like, holy shit, no president's ever said that before. No, no politician's ever said that before. And he kind of, you know, peeked behind the curtains. But I guess this brings it back to the the other, I guess, thing that everybody in the alternative media kind of ponders on is like, okay, what happens? Do do these people actually have a uh, a will, a desire to kind of make things a certain way and, and maybe do things differently. And then 
they become president and and all that changes like holy shit you got this uh, person pulling you in this direction you have to put this person on your cabinet that has these interests you have the, these lobbyists i mean I, people know jack abramoff's story i mean they've made two films about it. i've had him on my show like lobbyists have incredible influence on what these politicians uh, uh do you know i mean jen brimey you know her show she talks about it you know you you can kind of see where they're gonna vote based on who's giving them money and so it, it's all nonsense like these politicians it's all bullshit so uh you know i definitely i agree with both of you guys i i think sometimes he you do see things like he brought up vaccines during the debates you know trump trump brought it up in in a way not in a positive manner you know in a, in then, a yeah but then six months later he told people they had to get their measles shots but that's my point. Well, he's pushing. He's pushing them now, big time. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. But that's like, the dilemma, the, yeah, right? I, it's like one second. I, mean, I don't he, like a lot of. Yeah. I don't like a lot of the things he's doing. I mean, I I'm not for him. I'm for the faint hope that things will change. That's all I'm for. It's not even about Trump. It's just about the faint hope things will get better because things weren't going good for people. For a lot of the population, things weren't going good. People forget about all that. Why? Why he actually got in power? Why people? thought he might be the one to make the change the change that obama promised i mean i the fucking i fucking cried during that. obama's That's inauguration i mean i was emotional he got me totally emotional and that so but since the 80s trump's been talking about china and he's been now you know now and he is chance to fucking nuke china <laughs> i mean why i don't know i mean it's 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 china's you know owns the media a lot of the media the hollywood i mean china's involved in everything i mean they've been I don't know if you've heard about heard the CIA and and the FBI lately talking about how China's been involved in the in the spying and the like they're they're getting ready for a big push. I'm not saying I agree with it or not or whatever, but sounds like it's, you agree. <laughs> McCarthyism. No, I I just well it, we got commies. Well, We're going. I'm sure it's just a matter of time. It is funny because one side says that. China's the boogeyman. The other side says Russia's the boogeyman. And really, yeah. the whole time, I think the U.S. is the boogeyman, to be honest. We're the ones, you know, they, they did a, a survey years ago about, like, I think it was people in other countries. And they asked them, like, if a country invaded you, a foreign country invaded you, which country do you think was more, would be more likely to do it? And it was like, it was the U.S. It was always the U.S. Yeah. And then you look at their military spending, right? I mean, everybody thinks that, like, China and Russia... Um, it is like this huge, you know, military demon that we have to worry about. And, uh, you know, and Thaddeus Russell, I don't agree with him on everything he says. And I don't think you guys do either. He's fun to talk to because of that. Not in the banking. Yeah. 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 It was funny that he said that, that bankings had no influence on wars. I'm like, wait, 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 what? You know, his foreign policy, uh, takes are, are, are interesting because I'm like, what are your, and then it's, I think he also said something about Bill Gates. Like, oh, I don't, I just think he's a person who believes he's, gonna do good and help people i'm like maybe or he, he's a eugenicist who, who wants to rule the world like rockefeller did i'm like are you, you and the crazy thing is there's there's researchers out there like james corbett james corbett did two hours of deep research on the history of bill gates i mean his bill gates documentary is phenomenal and goes really really deep into it and it's like like have you not watched that like you don't have to take my word for it and i know people are gonna say oh well you know, it's a YouTuber or whatever. It's like, oh, it's oh, you can't believe everything on YouTube. It's like he has he, the thing is like people who are reading old research, like now you have more access to, to than anybody. I mean, you read a book from like the 70s or the 80s on on any, you know, any historical event. I mean, think about how hard it is to research for that book. You had to actually 
go find news articles. You had to go talk to people. Now you can do it all from home and, and get some real research if you're good at uh, looking this stuff up. So we kind of poo-poo YouTubers, but people have access to, to research and they can, if they really go down these rabbit holes, they can get all the information in the world and really put together their, their, their stories. And um, so, yeah, I'm sure I had a question in, in this long rant where I'm um, losing myself a little bit. But, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the point I'm, I'm making is that there are still some people, even like Thaddeus Russell, who's very intelligent, that still don't believe that there's like this greater plan and there's these things going on. And I just had Dennis McKenna on and I've had, I don't know if you guys, uh, if, if maybe you heard any parts of this, but he, <laughs> I started off the podcast, I fucked up because I asked him like, oh, what do you think is going on in the world or whatever? And he just went down this anti-Trump, pro-Joe Biden rant. And I'm just like, oh, holy fuck. I'm like, all the psychedelics in the world apparently can't snap you out of politics sometimes. It was really yeah. weird, you know, because and then yeah. I've, I've had him on for where we talk about like just the the benefits of like self-reflecting and kind of figuring out your inner thoughts and why you believe something and try to not to be tribal uh, and, and join a group or whatever. And then next thing you know, he's just spewing the Joe Biden bullshit. And I'm just like, it's crazy. I mean, it's. It's because the Kool-Aid got into the groundwater and we got pop culture politics. I mean, there's a reason that our parents and our grandparents said you keep fucking politics out of, out of, away religion. from the dinner table and religion because it's none of our fucking business. And we're not as open-minded as we think we are. And we're not as good at putting up with other opinions as we think we are. So you just shut the fuck up about that stuff because your opinion is probably not any more valid than... And I mean, there's some exceptions. There's educated opinions and this and that, but everybody who's out there who's got an opinion thinks it's a fucking educated opinion. I promise you that. And, you know, it's just... We've gotten to a place where we're just spending all our time arguing about... But do you think... So, okay, so this is where I, I, I disagree a little bit because, I, I you know, I've said this on the show before that we're told, like, hey, don't talk about religion or politics... And if, if, if you spark an argument because you bring up one of those topics, then people look at you like, what the fuck? I, you know, you should know better. And, and yet people can argue about sports till the cows come home and nobody gives a shit. Like, you know, I live in Massachusetts, Patriot fans, Red Sox fans. I mean, these are really passionate. They're really passionate about uh, their teams here. And people will debate till the end of time with a Steelers fan or whoever uh, that Brady's the best quarterback ever. You know, and it's like we can get I, I can be witness to a really heated exchange and yet, like, nobody ever says, see, you shouldn't have brought up sports. You should know better. But the topics that I think are, are much more important. Because sports is for fun. I, I get it. But but don't you think that, like, if we, as podcasters, you guys know, like, you learn a lot from having these discussions. Like, you're growing with the listeners. You're going on a journey of of sharing your ideas, exchanging ideas. And sometimes, yeah, maybe sometimes somebody can take it poorly. But I think doing the opposite of, like, not talking about it at all like well, how do we learn how do we but you're right i mean i also understand that the majority of people think they can have civil discussions and you talk to them about anything that's controversial like vaccines or covid or whatever it may be and immediately people get tribal and emotional so it, it is like this dilemma it's like do i not talk about it because if i don't talk about it i'm letting the propaganda spread but make no mistake, they're trying to find those those specific fucking things. 
that will get in there and get people trying. Well, they're making them up, though. That's the that's uh, the problem yeah, I have. Whether they're making up or they're not, making it's by it up. They're fracture. making it up. It's they're, by design to fracture the popular. They're take yeah. The media especially is to blame. They're just taking. They're they're lying about everything now. I mean, it does. They're exaggerating, lying, putting things out of context. It's it's destroying the country. It's destroying the world. Really, the media I think is to blame. There's no more journalism, and that's what I struggle with. Is like you said before, I don't know that the other thing is right. I don't know <clears throat> Trump's doing a bunch of shitty shit for sure. I'm not sure there was ever real journalism. But well, there's some. I mean, there's some some I mean Whitney Webb does a good job. There's some people that still do journalism. Oh, like I right mean, now, there's good, I, would, I would say I, but, I would argue that like right Corbett, now there's more real journalism than there has been in the last century. Not official journalism, more like, you know, more, maybe, more real journalism than there has been uh, in the last century. I don't know. I don't think fake news is a new phenomenon by any stretch of the imagination. It's a different level of fake now, though, I think. I mean, babies in incubators. Yeah. Golf of Tonkin. I know, but now they're faking the pop culture. Like, they're That's creating they their... To. They didn't have to do that 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Because the information streams were so fucking condensed. Yeah, like we're, like I was talking about, you just, had no access like to them. It's like you got to think now. of it as there's, like one, there's this town and it's only got one water supply. So you just got to dump the Kool-Aid in the water supply and, you know, you might get the odd fucking hippie here and there on the outskirts. That doesn't drink the water. But he's got no real voice anyway. I mean, maybe you catch him over at the 7-Eleven putting flyers under people's windshield wipers, but it's not a real problem. You got got one pipe in the town to put the Kool-Aid in, you're good to go. Now you got a thousand pipes. You put two different types of Kool-Aid just so people can think they're arguing about fucking silly things while really they're... The real opinions all get altered in the same direction. And now there's just pipes coming in from fucking everywhere. And all of a sudden, you know, that's why we see what we see today of mass censorship and plogging pipes and cutting pipes and doing whatever they can to jam up pipes all over the fucking place because they've got a journalism problem. They've never had a journalism problem before. I mean, you think... People talk about real journalism breakthroughs as Watergate. You think Watergate wasn't a political fucking hit job? You're sniffing fucking glue. It's always been propaganda. It's always been propaganda. Now, there might be some outfits out there that get into it and think they are, but for the last, like, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, it's fucking propaganda. And if you get big enough to start being not propaganda, they just come and sign a check. And now you're no longer part of the problem. And, you know, now we've gotten to this weird place where we got four or five boards controlling every bit of information that comes in. And, I mean, you could argue big tech's another leg of that, but they're, you know, they're intermingled all over the place. Yeah, sometimes I'm curious because we've... uh... When you do research, right, you uh, you read about Golf of Tonkin or you read about whatever and, and you find out that, okay, they lied to the public, right? And uh, the same way that they lie about the certain historical events that are happening now, they're lying to the public. But even, like, so if we go back, if we if we were born 100 years from now, we go back and read the newspapers, we might, or, or read articles online about what happened during this time, the COVID thing, we're only going to get probably the mainstream media's take on what happened and the lies, right? And it's going to be much harder to find somebody like a James Corbett's take on what's going on or a Ben Swan's take on what's going on or Whitney Webb. So I, I always wonder, like, okay, maybe 
during those times of you know because obviously operation mockingbird they've they uh, have been trying to control the media forever i mean you go back to edward bernays and his understanding of propaganda and how to um influence the way people feel and think and uh but i wonder even then if there was lesser known journalists and people who actually didn't drink the kool-aid and didn't believe the bullshit but yet those just aren't the stories that you're hearing about because like you said the big newspapers or whoever um those those were the sources of information and today it kind of sucks that everybody gets a voice that the shitty uh opinions and uh the good opinions and, and and you know whatever you're if you're a researcher that i agree with or disagree with everybody has a voice but it's good that even the good researchers have a voice because if this was during the watergate era you know if or or whatever the jfk assassination for example uh it was hard if you didn't believe that story the official story it was much harder to get your opinions out there and get your your perspectives out there where like now now it's gotten harder because of big tech like you said that censoring everything but when we first got into podcasts we could do our own research on stuff and you could go down some rabbit holes you could find some really interesting takes on stuff you could get some really interesting documentaries and um so i think that's that's good and i think there's probably always people who didn't believe the mainstream narrative and good reporters and good journalists probably out there but they just weren't heard i mean you look at like gary webb danny castellero uh, i mean how popular i mean i was very little when when uh they were doing their work but how popular were they they weren't probably household names you know they're probably bigger uh household names now now that we have the yeah. internet and we can research their stories so it's but i mean there is a chance that there probably are some people even during those eras that were doing good investigative journalists uh, journalism but when you're all you're doing is selling propaganda on newspapers or on tv and like you said like it was much easier to control the narrative because you know everybody's watching the same channels you had a handful of channels you had a handful of newspapers so whatever was put on those uh the, that tv station or that nightly news or that newspaper that's what people believe you know i had ray mcgovern on my show who who did he was an ex-cia i'm sure you guys are familiar with ray but he also did the presidential daily briefings and uh, for some years, and he talked about, I forget which coup in Central America, one of the many, where he, he was doing the presidential daily briefings, and he found out about this coup in a newspaper. Like, he was supposed to be uh, having access to the most delicate information, and even he didn't know about it, you know? So it shows you how, like, how many layers there is to this and and how little we know and sometimes even people who are in the in don't know about these plans and are, or what's going on so i think in a lot of cases like it's not till years later do we truly understand what the agenda was or how we were lied to specifically and 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 really what was going on and and even now like it's it's like a chess game that we're not sure what the end game is like okay we kind of know you're pushing the vaccines we kind of know you're pushing this china thing but is there more to the story? Is there something, you know, even bigger going on? Like, like you said, new world order, you know, are they trying to get rid of currency? Are they finally justifying tracking everybody at all times forever? Yeah, finally, exactly. Finally justifying it. I mean, I feel like it'll be Not interesting to see in the future it's a way to let the cat out of the bag. I mean, that's what I, that's what I mean. Us. Yeah. Yeah. But well, not not to that level. Now, now it'll be well, at, at a really it'll at a deeper level. I'm of the belief that they're already doing things, and then they just find a way to yeah, it out to us so that you know they can slowly let you catch up to what they're doing. Well, then the plan could be way more nefarious than that. If they're already tracking us, then it's not about tracking; it's about health. 
Well, that's, right that's, at the beginning of COVID, they were talking about um, contract tracing and what. They were already talking about fucking using fucking anonymous data from phones to figure out. I mean, the only thing that that they they want to do to it is officially put your name on it. But I find it hard to believe that your name's not on there. It'll be interesting to see in the future how the censorship will look like five or ten years down the road. I mean, I feel like we're watching in real time the future being created. They're trying to create the future. I mean, look at how bad Facebook is right now, how bad they're... The censorship is. I mean, it's a f- cesspool in, on Facebook, and Twitter's Twitter's bad. I mean, look at all the the banning uh, recently of QAnon and uh, anything, any of that kind of stuff, which I understand is creating havoc for Hollywood. I mean, these people are getting themselves in some pretty hot water with their old tweets about you know kids and pedophilia and all that. Yeah. But then, of course, they allow that stuff to stay on. I mean, you can see the creepy stuff that they allow on and the stuff they're taking off. I mean. One of the cute things that that they took off is all about unity and love and all that. And then, of course, they, you know, they take that off and then they leave on uh, some pretty evil looking stuff. I mean, and then there's the doctors getting censored from YouTube and every other platform. I mean, it's it's at a it's it's at a mind boggling thing. What they're allowing and what they're taking off right now is is fucking amazing to me. Well, I'm creating they're creating the future right now. I mean. And what they're also doing is they're creating pissed off people like ourselves that are going to push back, hopefully. Because you look at, like, you know, when we did that huge uh, Union of the Unwanted swap cast where we talked about censorship, there's so many people who listen to that show who are talking about, hey, there's this alternative or there's that alternative or or this person's developing this or developing that. And I I think the worse the censorship gets and the more obvious it gets because for a long time, they kind of bullshit you like, oh, we're treating everybody the same and whatnot, you know, and now it's like, well, Jesus, like, it's so obvious that you're, you're, you have a agenda, you, your version of truth is the only truth that you think is, is the one we can hear and, and contemplate. So we need alternatives and people are going to experience or, or entertain those alternatives much more than they probably have in the past. I mean, I see people like everybody's on D Live, everybody's on here, on there, you know, Parlay or Parler, whatever it's called, the Twitter, uh, the red Twitter. <laughs> it's, it looks like Twitter, but it's it's red. I mean, a lot of people are going on there, and that's starting to get more popular. I mean, if the censorship wasn't at this level, I don't think these other things would take off as much or get as much attention because people are like, oh, I'm good. I'm good where I am, and I like where I am, and, and the censorship's bad, but it's not so bad that I'm leaving. Um, that's why when I see like people like Jason Burmis, or Luke from We Are Change, and like their whole platforms, everything they do is only on YouTube. I'm like, you guys are fucking crazy. Like, what do you <laughs> like? You really? You think like this is gonna last long? I'm like, you better have a plan B, you know. And luckily, like the podcast world, like shows like yours and 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 mine, where uh, probably a lot of our listeners aren't on YouTube. Most of them are, are downloading them and listening to them uh, on their phones. Like, it doesn't seem like the censorship is quite as bad. We still have a little bit more freedom here. Uh, would you guys agree with that? Like we kind of seem like my audio is uncensorable without like a court order. If it needs to be, we got some servers on standby. Awesome. So we can just transfer everything if we need to. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, uh, the IFS or just something that, uh, um, we got our servers outside of the U S to avoid the Patriot bullshit. That is a great idea. Yeah. Well, there's a the peer to peer type thing where 
uh, Ernest Hancock brought up to brought it up when we did the Union of Unwanted, one of them, and uh, I, I think Midnight Mike kind of looked into it. And, and I mean, this, the point is like these alternatives are are, are they're being fast tracked because of the fact that speaking of fast track that's another thing we're like wait one second trump seems like he's anti-vaccine and next thing you know he's he's fast tracking a fucking vaccine it's like what yeah i mean he that, that whole situation is confusing but yeah i mean it seems like that type of censorship is is really motivating people to, to look at alternatives and whatnot but i mean you control what people see you control what people um you, you control what they think you control what they feel i mean you can only make a a a logical, intelligent uh, decision on what you believe or not believe if you're getting both sides of the story. And that's always been my argument with the vaccine thing. You know, like my kids aren't vaccinated. I, I couldn't imagine living in a world where I, I had to force them to be vaccinated. And and they're trying to do that. They're trying to get rid of religious exemptions or whatnot. So now when I tell people like, hey, like here's some information, look it up. You know, you know what fucking happens? They look it up and all they get is this has been debunked. That has been debunked. This is yeah. anti-vaxxer. And it's like, well, what the fuck? How do, I, how do we even let people have a logical uh, opinion and look at things from all sides if you're not letting people see all sides? Yeah. Yeah, it's getting really bad. I mean, even the, even the debunkers and the, and the fact-checkers are so ridiculous in their fact-checking. I mean, yeah, Wayfair, fact-check false. Wayfair isn't child-trafficking <laughs> kids because we fucking asked them and they said no. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Uh, it is hilarious. Like I, people are like, "Oh, Pizzagate's been debunked." I'm like, "Well, what, what? First, what do you think Pizzagate was? And two, yeah, how's it been debunked? Like, have you, have you went to everybody's house and like talked to them and like had a drink with them? Like, hey, you're not really trafficking kids, right? Like, what the fuck do you mean it's been debunked? Like, you don't know these people personally. Like, and then the worst part is when the Epstein thing like gets mainstream news and becomes headline news, and and people just like. If you bring it up again, people are still like, oh, it's been debunked. I'm like, so when Pizzagate was getting popular, this idea of the elite trafficking kids being child molesters seemed too crazy to believe. And now that we know, like, for a fact, there is some there is some fire where there is smoke. Now, the next thing you're like, no, well, that's too crazy to believe. It's like, what the fuck? Like, it's crazy how people just it, you, you think they get red pilled and some people just just constantly just can't get over the fact that the world as they know it might be a lie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's hard to snap people out of it. Is, is one of your techniques that maybe not, talk, maybe I, no, we shouldn't talk about it. Right. Cause it, it can get frustrating. Yeah. I don't know. I th- yeah. I don't know. I, that's the, that's the, that's the road I take. Graham takes the other road. We'll see who lives longer. I feel, I feel like I feel like we should be talking about it a little bit now, but Darren's, you know, he's learning how to live off the land, so he he's kind of doing that, and maybe he can teach some people about that. I think teaching that, people and, to hunt and fish and preserve food is probably more important than yelling about inevitabilities. Yeah, I, I you know, and the thing is, like, I, so I, I came from northern Portugal. My parents are farmers. Very simple lifestyle. My mom was one of twelve. Oh, no, my dad was one of 12. My mom was one of seven huge families. And they had huge families because, one, there wasn't TV. And, two, each kid was, like, a employee. You know, you got, like, a, a free farm worker. So, uh, you know, they all grew up on a farm. And I remember coming to America. And my parents, you know, I, I came here when I was four. And I remember growing up in, in America and, like, talking to my dad about, like, Portugal. And we would go back every year and be there for a month or two. And uh, And I'm just, like, looking at these houses that have no running water. And I'm just, like... 
as a kid, I'm like, well, how the fuck did you grow up here? Like, this is crazy. And as I got older and older, I started to understand, like, okay, they didn't have material wealth, but they had community, wealth and community, wealth and love, wealth and a lack of stress. You know, they've done studies about, like, oh, if you make sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, like, uh, that brings you happiness, and then over that, it doesn't bring you happiness anymore. And I'm like, well, is that what's going on, or do we live in such stressful lives? That like once, you know, basically money never brings you happiness. It just relieves the stress of like knowing how I'm going to pay for this debt and these bills. And then once I'm relieved of that, like I'm good. Like, you know, it it didn't break me happiness. It just relieves some stress. And so when you live in like a simpler lifestyle of like you're growing your own food, you're everybody kind of lives together. You do have um, a community where if you need help, somebody can help you. I mean, Douglas Ruskoff uh, brought it up on my show. And we talked about it a little bit about how like the suburbs were created on purpose to make you more dependent on grocery stores, more dependent on having to, uh, you know, on the grid and all this stuff, because they don't want you to have a community. Like I live in a little like Portuguese community in Ludlow, Massachusetts, and my lawnmower breaks. Guess what? Like one of my neighbors are coming over. Hey, you want to use my lawnmower? Hey, you want some tomatoes for my garden? Hey, you want, you know, and it's like, that's the last thing they want. They don't, they want you to like work your fucking self to, 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 to death. You get home. You're so tired. You don't even want to talk to your neighbors. You park your car in the garage, close the garage, hope that you can get in the house before anybody talks to you or tries to make, you know, small, small talk, uh, conversation with you. Then you order everything on Amazon and, 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 and that's it, you know, and never, and you don't, you don't grow any of your own shit. You can't, survive on your own you can't you know so it does seem like a big this bigger plan of like just getting everybody so dependent on the system and and not independent where you can grow your own things and and you know what those people are fucking happier you find like these blue zones where people live longer and 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 seem happier i mean it's people who are still like living like they're they're tribal people you know like hunter gatherers they find these these people in the amazon where they're completely detached from any civilized, uh, you know, uh, civilization, and and they don't have any signs of depression or anxiety, and they're at peace, you know, and and I think that's super important. I think doing those type of things of like hunting and fishing, there's, I, I think you'd probably agree, but uh, you know, maybe you can expand on this. Like, it's more than just getting food and stuff, but there's probably a sense of like being one with nature and like being, uh, you know, just. There's a sense of therapy that you get out of it also. Yeah, you'll get more to like butchering your own deer and putting it in the freezer than you will from payday, you know, from 10 paydays. And you get the peace of mind of just knowing that it doesn't matter if the store is closed because, you know, there's a whole mountain range over there that's just full of stuff. Just got to go get it makes you wonder if the COVID thing is going to backfire. I mean, I know personally a bunch of people that want to just move out to land. They want to buy land. They want to move out of the city. I mean, there is going to be a small exodus of people out of the cities. I mean, it's, it's people don't want to be trapped in these things now. Uh, So it's interesting how this, what I feel like is a technocratic takeover plan is going to somewhat backfire in some ways. You'd think. Would you heard that Rogan's moving to Austin? He's definitely moving to Texas. I, I'm almost positive it's awesome, but he just announced it on his podcast. Somebody brought it up, and I forget who his guest was. And he's like, "Hey, I hear you're you're you're, uh, you're leaving. You're leaving Cali." So it sounded like it wasn't something that he was ready to maybe announce publicly. 
And uh, and then he's like, yeah, we're getting out of here and very soon. And he's like, we're, we're going to Texas. And I think a lot of people feel that way, you know, in some of these cities. Like, let me get the fuck out of here. I mean, Jason Burmis was traveling the whole U.S. I went to New Hampshire for 4th of July. And I, I love the fact that uh, people just, it, things kind of felt normal there, you know. And I think it, it it's this illusion that they have power over you. You know, it's this illusion that. They can control you and they can, you know, and I think if people fight back, you know, and I've told the story, you know, about the golf course in Boston, that's like, fuck you, Charlie Baker, we're going to open up anyways, because we keep cutting grass and we keep watering the grass and we keep doing all this landscape and all this shit. And you're not giving us any timeline on when we can open. So if we're going to lose our business, we're going to do it our way and we're going to open up anyways. And guess what happened? Yeah. He gets, he gets freaking uh, interview on Fox news. And Charlie Baker gives uh, uh, golf courses the right to open up, you know, and and what happened? It wasn't because so it was a great example. Yeah. And was it about safety? Was it if it was if it was about safety, then Charlie Baker should have stuck to his guns and said, no, it's unsafe to be open. I don't care what you know, if if you open it, I'll find you, I'll arrest you or whatever. But it was all because of the the illusion got shattered. It was like, okay, well, you can't stop us. We're going to fucking do it anyways. And what was Charlie, uh, what was the governor going to do? Was he going to arrest them? Was he going to fine them? Because it could have even been even worse politically. You know, they, these guys are on Fox News now talking about this. So uh, it showed that if you fight back, that sometimes you do succeed. You do win. And it, I, I don't I think the alternative's scarier, right? If we do nothing, then don't they win already? Like just thinking that we can't do yeah, anything? But, but I don't think what we're doing counts as fighting back. I would I mean, disagree with that. It doesn't. It doesn't a certain extent. But if we do this and then we go out and wear a mask and, you know, blah 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 blah, do all the stuff that we talk about on the show, you know, then we go out and we we go to Walmart on our way home, and then when we're done Walmart, we go to you know fill in the blank, the next evil demon we're talking about on the show. Then, then you know, then I would argue that <clears throat> that the guy who opens the golf course is doing more. Yeah. And that kind of brings me back full circle to the guy at the beach being a scumbag and why he's a scumbag for just doing his job because it's him saying, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and tell kids they can't come on the beach. I don't give a fuck. You can fire me. And then when the next guy and the next guy and the next guy, I'll say, no, no, I'm not going to do it either. You go down there. You fucking do it yourself. You look at those kids and tell them no. Then maybe something will change like that. But as long as, I mean, it's that famous quote that the decline of civilization will be carried out by people just doing their jobs. And I mean, we're getting eerily close to that that divide where we're we've they've taken everything else from us so that all we've got left for identity is our work. And I mean, not us, but plenty of people. You know, well, they've taken that ask, from they've taken that from a lot what, of people. What they me? do? It's like, oh, I'm a this or I'm a that or. You know, that shouldn't even be part of the part of the solution. No, they're taking the that, answer. too. The plan is to take that, too, and give some universal basic income or whatever. Everybody's on welfare. So your well, identity of your... I don't know that your, is anymore because yeah. everybody I know is, like, not everybody, but, like, 90% of the people. I think it's still, like, child care and stuff like that is hurting, but I think that's going to bounce back in the fall. Doesn't seem like know, it in we'll the see. states. I mean, I feel like there's still 40, 50 percent of small businesses. Well, I still think we're states. caught up in the state's election cycle. If I'm yeah. being perfectly honest, that's what I think COVID is. It's the U.S. election cycle, but because of fucking, because of the too many pipes coming in from every fucking corner of the world now via social media and everything else, 
COVID has to be a worldwide thing. They can't just sell it on the home front. They have to sell it everywhere because otherwise every other country is going to be like, well, wait, we don't have any COVID problems. Well, I was surprised that you would argue that you're seeing that right now. I thought some of the other countries were going to hold off a little longer and not do the mask thing. But it seems like a lot of them are trying to, to follow the lead here on that. They're getting pressure from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So in regards to like, we definitely can't be hypocrites. That's that's why I tell people all the time when I when they listen to my show, I'm like, listen, I'm telling you that COVID's not something I feel is something we should be any more worried about than the flu. And I was telling people on the air, like, I'm having fucking people at my house. Every Saturday, I text my friends and I'm like, hey, anybody who's willing to come over and give my kids a, some normalcy by bringing your kids over or you want to hang out and just have a drink and hang out, I'm like, come over. I'm like, that's how, because you're right. There are people who are like, oh yeah, this whole thing's bullshit. And then I know because I have friends like this. They're like, we're, we're sharing articles. You're like, oh, I listen to that podcast, whatever. Yeah, you're so right. And then I'm like, hey, you want to get together? You want to bring the kids over? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll wait. I'm like, wait, wait, what the fuck? I'm like, you just told me that like you're kind of on the same page with me, but yet you're not willing to take that step. And I get it. Like the power of media, the power of propaganda, it scares people. And 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 some people are like, okay, this looks like it doesn't make sense. I, I, I think these people in the alternative media or the conspiracy theorists, or for lack of a better term, uh, are making a lot of valid points. But this person's a doctor and that person's a politician and they're saying otherwise, maybe I'll just, you know, uh, wait it out. So I think, you know, we do need to practice what we preach. I say it also on the show, like when I tell people like, hey, the, the importance of nutrition, uh, you know, the, the question vaccines and do your research, my kids aren't vaccinated, you know, so I'm not, I'm not one to say, hey, like, hey, you should question vaccines, but hey, I'm, I'm going to listen to my pediatrician. I'm going to just, you know, uh, poke my kids with whatever they tell me to poke them with. Like, no, I, I, you're right. Like people in the alternative media who are saying these things, they have to practice what they preach. They can't be hypocrites. If you're saying this stuff and you're influencing people to react, because that's the thing. So the person at the beach who says, you know what, I'm not telling these fucking kids to leave, they might get that, their, their opinion might be molded by your show, this conversation. You know, my, a, a show I did, a episode, you know, the conversations you guys have together. So it's like, this idea that like we never know how much change we're actually creating. You know, people are listening to your show and the people who are saying, no, I'm not going to fucking wear a mask might be because of your show. It might be because they're hearing you guys talk about this and they're like, you know what? What they're saying makes perfect sense. Fuck this. I'm not wearing a mask. So I think there's a lot of uh, change that can be created by sparking these conversations because like it or not, we are inf- influencing people. You know, I agree with you. Like I, sometimes I, you know, I, people ask me to come on their show and, and do an interview, and I'm like, I'm not an expert in fucking anything. What are you going to talk to me about? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but people do listen to us, and and some people is even if we just provoke thought and and have them do a little bit of a critical thinking, and 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 maybe go down some rabbit holes. Those people are are hopefully you know they could be in, more influential than us. So these people, like you said, that golf course, right? He had his opinion on on the whole COVID thing. Obviously, he didn't think it was as big as a, a threat as the media was making it out to be. Who was influencing his opinion? You know, like those people mu- could feel like us, like like, hey, what the fuck are we doing? All we're doing is just doing a podcast and having a conversation. But we're molding perspectives, and every time you speak out, and that's why, like, I'm I'm with you guys. Like, I have this eternal dilemma all the time, where like it's sometimes like, okay, having these debates and having these discussions with people because I'm not a conf- confrontational people person i I don't like having uh confrontations and a lot of times it becomes an issue 
uh, internal issue because sometimes I, I feel like I I hold that that uh, that stress or that anxiety of having that confrontation. Like oh, I don't like being on bad terms with anybody. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm a jerk. I don't want to be a jerk to anybody. So then I'm like, oh, let me avoid confrontation. But I also have so, uh, a a internal thing where I feel like if I don't say something, then I'm letting propaganda spread. I'm letting you know yeah. the, you know I'm letting Operation Mockingbird. Uh, Bird, uh, do their job easier because I'm not even planting the seed. And you never know what, like, that conversation you have. I've had conversations with people, and I'm sure you guys probably get have some personal stories similar to this, where I have a conversation with somebody, I feel like I got nowhere. Then, like, six months later, a couple months later, whatever, like, I have a conversation with them again, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, I think I... S- you know, I got through to them a little bit. I planted that seed. They seem like they're turning. So it's sometimes baby steps, you know, like they listen to your podcast and they maybe run into a documentary Then maybe they run, they have another conversation with somebody else who's open-minded. And next thing you know, they're like, holy fuck, you know, there's, these people are all kind of making sense. Maybe I should, you know, entertain what they're saying. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. It, it is this internal thing where it's like, do you say nothing and let, you know, bullshit be spread? Or do you, or do you say, hey, fuck it, you know, maybe I can't change anything, and I just enjoy life as much as I can while while I can. Yeah, man, trying not to fall in that dogmatic trap where we're spreading disinfo too. I mean, that's one of my concerns is I don't want to fall into this this trap. I mean, it's pretty easy to get pegged on one side or the other now just for not agreeing with, you know, certain lies. But uh, I don't, I don't want to, you know, it's 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 tough to know. I mean, there's so many crazy stories out there too, and it's. Uh, pretty easy to spread memes or to to joke around about stuff but i you know so it's it's a fine line between trying to be open-minded and plant seeds and talk about the stuff without also just spreading disinfo and and causing, hey, what are these causing chinese harm seeds i keep hearing about well that's yeah i mean we talked about it in the intro last and uh, yeah they're just showing up at people's door as the earrings oh, i didn't get any in the earring package like well not i don't know if it's an earring package it says earrings because that's how they get them over the border but they're just sending seeds all over the place so probably some list everybody's got their address on some who knows what Where mailing seeds, list or whatever i mean that's the problem is this is exactly the point right i don't know if that's a real true story i've heard it from store people that i trust but where is it coming from they haven't done any good research to say, hey, this is, we've tested these seeds, we've done this or that. It's just one of these, almost like a pop culture media story, oh, right? Oh, well, that's China sending seeds. Like, who's so, they now? Who, who yeah. can give us information at this point that we'll trust? Yeah. I, I almost don't trust anything. Was or it does, you? Or does the don't information know, just have to fit our narrative now before we can trust? I mean, that's the world that we're spilling over into. I mean, like it or not, and I'm not accusing anyone in this room of that or in this circle. <laughs> But we're like a couple years. If we're not there already, we're dangerously close to this edge of just there's so much fucking information that the truth becomes completely subjective. Yeah, Mike Mike from OD, OBDM was saying, I believe everything and I believe nothing. Like That's kind of where I'm at. I, I want, you know, I'll, I'll take all these little information, these stories, and I'll keep it in my head for maybe it's really happening until maybe I see something a little bit more legit that reinforces it. But I also, on one hand, don't believe it either. I mean, I just... But that's getting pretty scary about truth being subjective, too, because there is, you know, that's that's almost like a, a postmodern kind of thing, you know, about just like saying evil is there's no such thing as evil. You know, truth is subjective. There's no such thing as evil. I think those are pretty. But those are, can be slippery slopes. 
But well, I, I don't know that the truth is. At this point, I would argue a lot of the truth is subjective. Yeah. On most of the things that we're talking about, even on the nature of reality as a whole, you know, like everything we're talking about, not maybe not that's not the, even not the stuff we're talking about, but all the like hard facts and medicine this and yeah, science yeah, yeah. that in a hundred years they're gonna be like these fucking apes. Yeah. <laughs> Were so I can't believe they were cutting people open and fucking taking shit out, or yeah, they yeah. were changing out hearts instead of just doing this. You fucking monkeys. Yeah, you know that's you know that's what we're doing to the people a hundred years ago, I don't, and they did to a hundred years before that, and so on and so forth. I have no reason to believe yeah. that. Or my, you're feeding them corn syrup, GMO corn syrup, or whatever. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. feeding them GMO <laughs> corn syrup. You fucking dummies. And, <laughs> Fucking GMO corn and everything. Yeah, and pesticide, GMO. The uh, average diet has no real food in it. No, it, it doesn't. I mean, then they wonder why people in America are dying by this virus. I mean, it's it's like, this isn't a fucking newsflash. Like, people are very unhealthy in America. So a virus that could possibly not be that strong could kill a lot of people. But so could the flu and a lot of other things. I mean, diabetes kills a lot of people fucking heart attacks, strokes. I mean, people, cancer. I mean, cancer kills tons of fucking people. Like, I don't see this this com- whole world coming together as a community and saying, hey, we need to figure out cancer. Like, let's all lock down. Let's figure out cancer. Let's everybody get a stimulus check until we figure out cancer because cancer is dangerous. Or, or it's not it's even that. It's not, I mean, we could probably even do simple things like, hey, we got to get rid of all this plastic. Like, oh, that was a bad idea, using plastic for everything, right? Like, I mean... There's one of them, or like brake dust, or like fucking sugar water, all that stuff that's cost. I mean, they're talking about overwhelming the hospitals, fucking big gulps. What about big gulps overwhelming the fucking hospitals for the last fifty years? You know, they're running at ninety percent capacity because of you know mainly heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. All three things that, in my opinion, are you know probably have more to do with what we're putting into our bodies than anything else. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, it's... Uh, people die of fucking starvation. Like, 20,000 people die a, a day of starvation. I mean, that's something we don't have to test. A day. A, a day. day. I we, mean, just... <laughs> just think about that. And we don't have to test people. We don't have to figure out... Like, and we have the means. Exactly. And we have the means right now to solve that problem. We can saw, solve that I, problem tomorrow with a global effort. Absolutely. I saw a great For meme. less work, less effort than wearing a fucking mask. I saw a great meme with that little black... That little... That little black kid in Africa with his... Like, he's got that, like, quizzical look in his Why eye. And he's like... Black? It's a meme I'm talking about right now. And it's like, <laughs> you mean you mean you mean you're coming here with vaccines and not food? <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. It is true yeah, though, Bill right? Bill Gates is all around Africa getting booted out of Africa with his vaccines when really like maybe maybe we could solve bigger problems, you know. And I think people were just naive to the fact that people were dying every fucking day. Like if you if you worked at a hospital, seeing people die every day is not like an unusual thing. I mean, people, hospitals were full of people dying. And if you put it under a microscope and you analyze every single, you know, death and say, you know, and, and put it on the news, oh, 10 more deaths today, 100 more deaths today of cancer, you know, 200 more deaths today of cancer, like it would also seem like the biggest issue ever. You know, I think people yeah, were yeah. just, 
you know, we're as humans, like many of us take for granted being alive and the fact that people are dying and that tomorrow's not promised. So I, I, yeah, without a doubt, I think that, you know, there's so many things that the community could come together and actually solve with less resources and whatnot, which makes you think it's not really about this virus. It's about exactly, exactly. It's about big pharma selling their drugs through the mainstream media. I mean, really, that's what they're doing. They're selling their drugs through the mainstream media. And now they're selling their vaccines through the mainstream media. That that's why if you raise your own, you know, food and, and you you grow your own food and you raise your own chickens and whatnot, I mean, that's the closest thing to organic you're gonna get. You know what they're eating, you know because there's even the the whole organic thing or non GMO, I mean there's there's really clever ways of, of marketing that shit and getting certified, you know, organic or like free range chickens. Apparently, like the door just has to be open. It doesn't mean they actually left. It just means that they the doors open and they could leave if they want to. Well, if the doors open, they're leaving. Really? Even my chickens fucking yell at me if the doors closed for too long. Really? Really? The squad. But as they hear the back door open, they know. How come this gate's closed? You fuck. <laughs> I get all my my eggs from my parents. I still think they're in Portugal on a farm, so they they grow a bunch of stuff and. And nice. they have a bunch of chickens. And uh, one year, they, uh, you know, they, I had to go to their house when they were on vacation in Portugal uh, to go close the door for the chickens. And it snowed. And I didn't know chickens didn't move in the snow. And uh, so they're all just out. And I'm, like, panicking, trying to push them. They won't move. And I call my parents in Portugal. I'm like, hey, what the fuck's <laughs> going on? I can't get these chickens in the coop. And they're like, uh, did it snow? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, they don't walk in the snow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> did you know this? Or, or, you got to pick them up. Yeah. They don't do snow. They don't do winter well. And well that's all right. They don't need a lot of room. I'm just going to give mine a little part of the garage for the winter. It is, it is really? amazing. Yeah. In the summer, I give them the run of the yard. I just leave the gate open to the coop, and they go in and out as they please. So I'm you, not allowed to eat mine, though. You're, why? What, why not? Because my kids will Oh, fight. your kids. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I I was uh, desensitized to that as a young age. I remember being a kid and just seeing my parents like I'm, I must have been like three, four, five, really young, and just seeing my parents skin a rabbit, and it was just you know, and if anybody's ever seen the way you skin a rabbit, it looks a little violent, you know. I mean, you cut them open, then you you're ripping off the skin, and I just got used to it. I mean, it was like it wasn't a big deal, you know. And even now, like people are so detached from their food, like it's like yeah, you do realize yeah. like. Before it's packaged, it was murdered. <laughs> you know, it was murdered <laughs> and killed, and and you know somebody had to cut it up. I mean, I still love going to butcher shops. My my cousins uh, own a butcher shop in town, and I love going there. I love seeing the meat actually cut, knowing it's packaged right in front of me. I mean, there's just something about like, okay, this is the way food should be. It shouldn't be in a fucking container with a freaking date on it. You know, when you buy bread, now you buy bread, you throw a loaf of bread on on the counter. It's good for like months and. It's like no, no no bread's supposed to go bad like you're you're supposed to have to go to the bakery multiple times a week you know you aren't supposed to just fucking buy bread and just leave it on the counter like the the things that become normal to people it's like that's what does that tell you it's not fucking food you know it's not it's not real food i think it's because they lay the eggs because they've both been along for hunting killing and gutting deer and they have no problem with that but no eating chickens <laughs> Well, because they're like pets now, right? Do they call? They're do they, do, like do they come when you call them and stuff like that? I don't call them. Do the kids <laughs> call them? They follow you around because I they bring fo- them out scraps all the time. Right, so right. now they come out, they think, and they like do that little thing where they think I'm the rooster, and I think they want me to fuck them. 
Really? Sometimes I'll rub them, rub my foot on their back a little bit, and they ruffle off. Yeah. Oh wow. Good take care of your bitches. I'm gonna call you a rooster. My hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're ever feeling down about you know your self esteem's low, just remember those chickens yeah. want to those chickens want to fuck you. Just yeah. <laughs> that's right. I got three chickens in the back that just want to fuck my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> that, whole train. Is, that is hilarious well it's really not as much work as people think it is either and nah, it's like nowhere yeah and you're growing money because like all the money you save from not buying eggs you're you're getting from your own sources so it's it's uh you know you're saving money you're it, it, what was who's that guy uh who grew a farm he or he put a, a garden in front of his uh he lived in california put a a garden in front of his uh, apartment where he lived and it was like that patch of grass between like the concrete and like the street and he just like fuck man I'm, I'm like i'm broke let me just grow some shit so he grew some stuff and um and then eventually the the city's like hey you gotta get rid of that that's city property he's like well what the fuck man like this is you're not using it for anything you're not taking care of it i'm letting the community and he was letting the community take whatever they wanted he's like just take whatever you want you see you know vegetables here you like just take them and uh and eventually it became like a huge story and then he became like uh, he ended up doing a, a TED talk and I think he became an author and I'm just like, that's great, man. Like that you're telling a dude he can't grow food and he's broke and he lives in a, a apartment complex and, uh, and then you just made a star out of him. So, uh, I think things like that are, 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 are great when people fight back like that. And I also think like, I think it was him who said like, why aren't we putting like all these fucking trees we put everywhere for cosmetic reasons? Why aren't we planning, uh, putting uh, like fruit, fruit trees? trees and, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a, that's another thing that requires no work. I have a pear tree in my yard. Uh, it was here before I, I bought the house, and I don't do anything to it. And the pears are fucking delicious. You know, like they're you know uh, they they're not as big as the ones you buy at the store, but there's more flavor and whatever. And uh, and it takes zero work, and I get tons of pears. Neighbors' kids will come over and like grab them, like yeah, yeah take some, you know. And um, so why don't why don't we do that? That would help the homelessness a little bit, you know. If you're really hungry, you could just go to a tree and just take something, like. These are actual solutions that we don't care about because the truth is they really don't give a shit about you. <laughs> yeah. They could have chickens running around all the parks with just some like nesting boxes there for the people to go get eggs. I mean, I got three chickens and it's twice as many eggs as I can eat. I'm not allowed to have chickens, so don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. That's the that's the bylaw again, right? You can't. Yeah. Really? There's restrictions to that. Yeah, there is. Yeah, but whatever. Come on over and fucking tell me I can't have my chickens, and we'll have a conversation about why <laughs> I need now to try and take your job. Well, if they hear this podcast, you just you can just lie and say that it's uh you, you're attracted to them and they're attracted to you, and it's a mutual agreement. <laughs> I love my chickens. Yeah. That's right. I'm telling Graham and I, we just got to get one more guy. Just we'll identify as a chicken. City, take over the city council. <laughs> and we could just take over the town. We could have been that one town in Alberta that had no emergency. No masks, no emergencies. It would have been tough, though, because they would have been waving all that money at us. They would have been like, yeah. hey, we got, uh, you know, 20 million in emergency funding for Chestermere. You can build a couple parks for the kids, you know, this and that. COVID money. Just got to toe the line. That's the thing. That's where, like, the experiment of the U.S. made sense in theory. Like, this idea of, like, okay, if you don't like one state, 
you can just go to another state that's doing things the way you, you, you like, and then you could just travel there and you can live with people that are like-minded. And if you want to have less regulations, well, you know, you can create your own place. But, uh, you know, unfortunately it's all being political and every, you know, even in places where you have, I mean, even though I will give Florida a lot of credit because the governor was during a press conference, uh, last week, he was saying on during the press conference, he's hearing story after story of people waiting in line to get tested and then they end up having to leave or they sign up to get tested and then they don't get tested and they're getting positive results in the mail. And he's ah. talking, did you hear about this? This is, yeah, 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 it's wild. And he's saying this on like just national media and yet like nobody's reporting on this. Like nobody thinks that's a big I, I fucking know. deal. And he's like, oh, well, I- or Florida's numbers being a hundred percent in 33, uh, 33 testing labs or whatever. They reported 100%. And then they come back and say, oh, no, it's actually only 9.8%. So they're off by this astronomical number. And you think that ever, you know, doesn't really get the traction. And which doesn't make any sense because people are talking about how, like, the heat kills it. You know, the sun yeah. kills it, I mean. So yeah. it's like, wait, how can Florida have this, in, in the hottest time of the year, have this drastic number if we know that, like, the, the sun kills it. It's like it doesn't make any sense. It's not because it's not COVID. It's all kind. It's any coronavirus, right? That's why I think it's common cold. It's pneumonia. It's respiratory illness from wearing a mask Fuck. too much. Well, let's get some fucking chemtrails and put some Lysol in these planes and just Lysol <laughs> the whole United States. Don't give too many ideas. <laughs> Good point. Well, some people believe that's what was going on in in uh, in. in china right that i've heard some theories that there was that there's two strains of it and if you get the first one then you're immune to the second strain and uh and that they were spraying it in the air or something like that so i would to be kind of kind of like um a vaccine effect right the idea of like you yeah, give yeah. people a little dosage of it and then you create immune to it so it's uh yeah i mean these these are all super interesting things and we live i mean every generation has said we live in the crazies of times i'm sure but we honestly are living in the craziest of times. I'm I'm sure of that. That this is it. Yeah. This is like yeah. the wildest of times. So, um, but I, I don't want to hold you guys up. So, uh, you know, any longer. Uh, I'm I'm sure your chickens miss you by now. <laughs> 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 but uh, but thank you so much, guys, for being on. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for always also joining us on the uh, Union of the Unwanted. We're doing another one on the third. And I love the idea of just getting people together with, you know, different perspectives. But I also think you guys having kind of slightly different opinions probably um, is a good thing too, right? You challenge each other's ideas uh, from time to time. And I think that probably yeah. Helps. Oh, yeah. 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 I try yeah, and we're, straighten we're, them out. We're switching roles, <laughs> it seems like, too. I mean, you know, I yeah, he's sort of healthier than me right now. And maybe back uh, at the beginning, it was the other way around. I don't know. There's just it's weird. It's an interesting dynamic for sure. I didn't go all right. I didn't either. I just yeah. don't. I just don't buy the media. That's all. But you know, if, that, hard right. if 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 <laughs> if looking at the media lies makes you all right, whatever. Fuck. That's it's just unbelievable the way you get pigeonholed these days. You and the snake bros can do your all right cast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, keep up the good work too, man. You got a great podcast as well, and thanks for having us on. I mean, really appreciate it. Let us know if you ever come west. Yeah. And north. <laughs> So what what town are you guys in? Because you said you you uh, you're in a We're small just east town. of Calgary. Yeah, just but, east of Calgary. Yeah, but you're from a smaller yeah. town, like a little. Uh... No, we're in uh, we're in a small town just east of Calgary. But I just moved. We just moved here. Like I just moved to this town just at the beginning of COVID. Actually, I bumped oh, wow. up everything two weeks. I was like, this is this isn't going to go well in the city, and moved out 
out here, which, you know, it's one step closer to kind of nature in the land, but it's like a little, it's like a little, uh, you, you mentioned it before the little, um, what do you call the little communities? Like the, the, uh, yeah. the, you know, like the suburbs, it's like the suburbs yeah, yeah. in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's its own little town. It feels it feels better than being in a city right now. That's for sure. Yeah, I think but I'm a city guy, so I'm not prepared for. Like, I went out to the store and got some supplies the other day, just in case shit goes down. And uh, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really prepared. You. Yeah, yeah. So I got some work to do. Well, people in the city live, you know, their, their life expectancy is much short or shorter because of the exhaust fumes, the brake dust. I think also the anxiety and, and the stress of living those fast-paced lives super unnatural. I think just uh, I think we can handle physical stress much better than we can handle uh, mental stress. You know, I, I think yeah. when you have a, a, a real good workout or you do something by hand, uh, you actually feel good doing it. Where when you're dealing with mental stress, you usually feel like shit. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. So I, I think we're, you know it's years and years where we were designed for a certain type of lifestyle, and we're so past that where. I just don't think we've ad- adapted to it, and I don't think we're going to. You know, who, well, we will. Just take the job. You'll adapt. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. You'll be forced to adapt sooner it, or later. It, it is funny how so many people who were like pro-vaccine when it when talking about their kids, like, oh yeah, my I gave my kids all all the vaccines my pediatrician uh, recommends, and then it's like their turn, and they're like. No, I'm not. I'm not getting the vaccine. <laughs> fuck this, you know, coronavirus vaccine. I'm like, what the fuck? You've been just poking your kid with vaccines, and you don't have any problem with that. And now it's your turn, and you're like, no, no, I'm not. I'm skeptical about vaccines now. It's like, you know, I mean, that's one thing. Good thing that's come out, come out of this is people are the Bill Gates uh, theories that have been lurking lurking around for a long time. People are taking that much more serious. The vaccine yep. debates become. Uh, yep. I, I think we're not looking. We're not looking at people who are questioning vaccines as like kooks as much as we we used to um but you know there's tons of this censorship thing is a real fucking thing man i mean it's hard to fight against algorithms and a lot of people still get their news i mean especially the young crowd gets their news from twitter and facebook and youtube who's not letting you see all the sides of the story so um you know i think we need to continue doing what we're doing and having these open discussions and and hope we can do something and then we can unplug i also think it's important to do like like you guys mentioned unplug and then go be with nature and go you know uh do some things that uh you know to support yourself and learn how to survive without the need of of government or you know a local grocery store or whatnot because it really isn't that yeah. hard and yeah so uh but thank, thanks again guys i, I know i, I never yeah know. thanks buddy just shut the fuck yeah. up i just continue yeah. talking <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, if good. you guys don't cut in i'm just gonna continue talking <laughs> but uh but thanks guys i really appreciate it hopefully i see you guys on yeah. the third and uh and we'll keep in touch i'm sure all right buddy all right okay, take care all right thanks all right. take care